0: Bridge Toll, California. Customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon. Ford Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation.
1: What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California.
0: Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What good? engagement? How long gift? before a wedding should I send out How many save games the dates? Are in the first series Use of the IMAP NDA to playoffs. check email on other email that's clients. That's Identify that's fonts, that's fonts from where to find and we were the four best. Brian stuff. We're Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we'll be talking about the recent changes to Google's quality rater guidelines. Joining us is Jordan Cooney, who is an SEO strategist and advisor to Search Metrics. this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. All right, on with the show. Here's the first part of my conversation with Jordan Cooney, SEO strategist and advisor to search metrics. Jordan, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Hey there, Ben. How you doing? Been a while. It has been a while. I want you to know I'm I'm almost fully recovered from that disastrous vacation we went on together. For anybody who doesn't listen to this every episode of this podcast, Jordan and I went on a family vacation and we got hit by a hurricane And I might never be the same.
1: That's probably true. I don't think any of us will be.
0: (laughs) You know, it's one of those things that takes a long time to recover from changes, take time. And similarly with Google, you know, we've seen them to be a little slow to change some of their processes. But recently they've made actually a big announcement over something that hasn't changed in years. Google has updated their quality rater guidelines. Talk to me about what happened and what it means. Yeah, it's it's actually a big deal. And unfortunately, I don't think there's been
1: really enough news or coverage about this change or, or improvement, let's call it that. This has been an evolution. These guidelines have been around for, for quite some time. And yeah, Google announced just a few days ago that they are making some improvements and changes to their guidelines in an effort to help the 10,000 plus raters that they have on staff who literally go through and, and actually rate web pages. They evaluate the quality of search results and the elements that render on the pages according to these guidelines.
0: Now, when you say raters, my head instantly goes to a below average football team that recently moved from Oakland to Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm guessing I'm not thinking about this the right way. You know, what are the Raiders' jobs? What do they actually do?
1: Yeah, so Raiders and Raiders are two different different people or audiences or groups. The Raiders. Um, the, The Raiders, as we would say here, their former home here in the Bay Area. I would say that I think they're above 500. I think they're four and three. I don't know. Someone needs to check this, but that's the first thing I want to say. I think they're above average team is all I'm saying. I think they
0: haven't made the playoffs in 13 years, but let's talk about what happened with Google. The raters is a different group
1: of folks. And these are contractors who work on behalf of Google to evaluate whether or not the websites that the algorithm is is prioritizing in, in their rankings are meeting the quality guidelines. These include experience guidelines. These include elements that range from eat and your money, your life type topics. These are the variety of subjective elements that are often difficult for a machine to evaluate. And thus, they have these human raters that help provide inputs or what they would call in the machine learning space is trained data points to help process what would be considered a quality ranking.
0: All right. So basically, these are the human elements to Google's algorithm that the technology can only go so far in making subjective decision. And as good as natural language processing is, Google puts eyes on web pages to make sure that they are generally following the rules of the road. That's right. And what we're hearing is, All right. Well, Google has updated what the rules are. So talk to me about what the changes are that Google's made.
1: Yeah. So I just want to start off by saying that this is a 172-page document. So it is not a light read, but it contains a wide variety of elements, everything from components to how you would build a web page to more specifically and more often than not, Aspects of quality and content and requirements that you would have to have on your pages. I think some of the more interesting differences or updates or improvements, let's call them, would be around Google defining certain subsets around topics like your money, your life, and talking about certain groups of people. Also, some really interesting topics around EAT, so uh, connecting this to like, what is a a trustworthy resource and whether or not what would qualify as a low-quality page on your site. And ultimately, what Google is going after in some of these changes is how to avoid more disinformation avoid the propagation of offensive or inappropriate content in their search results.
0: All right. So Google is basically starting to update what a quality page looks like with some of the changes that they've made. Who do you think is going to be impacted?
1: Yeah. So that's a really good question, Ben. And I'd say this is the important thing out of our episode today is that there is nobody that's going to be impacted. In the near term, at least this is just a way for Google to improve the information that they're raters are using, I'm glad that they're being public and informing the community that these ratings are going to start being collected. However, it's very clear to me that Google is continuing to refine the processes that they use to identify malicious or useless content that gets served up to Google. And this happens all the time. I find examples constantly where there are companies that are scraping other websites and and ranking for that. There are pieces of content that are inappropriate or false and misleading, misleading consumers. And in all these scenarios, Google is just trying to refine the engine to quickly identify these and remove them from
0: the results. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Okay, so from what I remember, Google's quality guidelines weren't always something that were publicly available. This is the same set of guidelines that originally was accidentally published then Google said, all right, they're out there. We're going to keep them out there. And they're, now they're actually getting around to updating them. What do you take away from Google making changes and also making those changes public?
1: Well, the first thing is I think that Google's come to realize that it's important for them to provide this context to webmasters, to designers, to SEOs, because it is a way for us to help inform our partners. And it's funny, I I encounter all the time scenarios where brands and businesses may want to implement a strategy that completely contradicts the page quality metrics. I'll give you a great example. I recently did a project with a blog where the blog wanted to strip out the authors of the content and try to anonymize the content and make it more of an article-like feel, evergreen article feel. And this flies entirely against the concepts of EAT and, and whether or not this is going to be a trustworthy asset. And so leveraging some of the not only quality guidelines, but publication and research and testing that's been done by SEOs in the community, I was able to help convince the website owners to not do this, to avoid this approach. And I really think that those are the benefits of having this document and quite frankly, the the transparency that Google's providing.
0: Am I supposed to be putting myself as the author for all sorts of podcasts? We generally just say that I'm the host. Does it really make that big of a difference? Well,
1: I think that there's a big difference between a creator of content and maybe a shared creation, like what we're doing right now, right? I'm a guest, you're a host. We should both be designated as contributors. On oh, this. we're
0: sharing the podcast now? <laughs>
1: well, I hope so. <laughs> it would be a very weird podcast, wouldn't it, Ben, if you were the only one talking,
0: right? <laughs> oh, I've done it. I'm not surprised. They're called solo episodes. <laughs> solo episodes. Monologues. <laughs> well, you know what, when you do those
1: take all of the credit. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. But in any case, the reality here is that as Danny who who wrote the post updating the community on this Danny Sullivan, he stated in the post that they're continuously working on modernizing this guidance with the research that they've identified to classify and constitute low quality content. And most of the changes here were really around clarity and organization on how to deal with that. And just a funny aside, the shocking thing, and I hope someone from Google listens to this, is that they're still using icons and drawings in this guideline from 1999. I really hope that they can improve the imagery in this, in this document because it is, it is just so outdated. And, and it could just use a little refresh in terms of the visual nature of it. It, it, it reads like something that an old dodgy college professor put together.
0: It's pretty funny because the next question I was going to ask you, it's a pop quiz. You said it's a 172-page document. I was going to ask you what page 96 was about because obviously you've read all 172 pages, right, Jordan? It was updated a few days ago, I think uh, three days ago, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't made
1: it through all 172. But by the way, a lot of it looks very familiar, to be
0: honest. So much of the document has stayed this. You actually read the quality (laughs) rater guidelines before, didn't you? I have, yes. I have read. God, SEOs are nerds. I'm sorry, Jordan.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you just use the readback feature on your computer and put it at two times X, it takes about an hour and 40 minutes.
0: (laughs) an hour and 40 minutes you could have had back in your life. But hey, good for you for staying up to date. When you think about what Google has done, they made some clarifications to the quality rater guidelines. A, what do you think their motivation was and why now?
1: I really think that their main motivation is to isolate large groups of UGC that matriculate themselves into the SERP and have essentially really bad implications to the consumers who find the content in search. Whether it be targeted content to minorities or other groups of people or content that is false, not true, they're working on trying to identify ways to improve that. And by no means or stretch the imagination am I saying that Google is uh, doing a good job of that. I actually think that this is just one step of many that they need to take to improve that effort in their search results.
0: So look, Jordan, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, all right, well, Google's publicly cleaning up or defining how they should stop user-generated content that's potentially malicious, that's I don't know, disinformation. And they're also going through this lawsuit, the Judiciary Committee or the District Attorney against Google You know, is this basically a politically motivated or, you know, an attempt at Google trying to say, look at the changes that we're making? They did a little update of their quality guidelines, and that gives them, you know, essentially the ability to show the United States government or whoever else is suing them that they're trying to stop disinformation? Well, I think that
1: there's a variety of different uh, litigation that takes place against Google. I think the one that is most common is anti-competitive type litigation where, The United States and other governments are looking at Google as a monopoly, right, and trying to break them up. And the reality, though, is that there has been a proliferation of lawsuits against big tech companies, most notably Facebook, but many others who are dealing with governments and organizations suing them for the spread of of disinformation. And these lawsuits is where Google is likely trying to do a little bit of a CYA in terms of publishing not only this update to their guidelines, but also being very public about it. And so no doubt there's the big tech companies are a little bit in fear because there is a real sense that they are not governing their platforms in a way that is useful for humanity.
0: All right. So Google's trying to clean up their act and maybe it's politically motivated or trying to get out of lawsuits. Maybe it's them just trying to make sure that the search results have better results that I'll always have true and and trustworthy information. But it's nice to see that they are updating the guidelines and trying to be transparent about what is considered a quality website. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, SEO strategist and advisor to Search metrics. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you could visit his website, which is jordancooney.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to the voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast,